0: Donald Trump has announced that he'll be deploying National Guard and federal law enforcement into Kenosha, Wisconsin, after what may be the worst night of civil unrest we have seen yet. For those that haven't heard the news, a young man who was armed and defending private property was attacked. He fired upon three people. Two of them are dead. One of them is injured. But it's not just this one story. There's another story about a group of Black Lives Matter activists who are traveling from Milwaukee to Washington, D.C., engaging in a firefight with locals in rural Pennsylvania. One individual was hit with birdshot, I believe, in the face. Over the past several months, we have seen an escalation of the violence in these riots. And Donald Trump has repeatedly offered federal assistance and asked these governors to deploy National Guard. But they kept saying no. In one instance, the mayor of Chicago said, I don't need leadership lessons from Donald Trump. And then only a few weeks later, mass rioting and looting struck the city. The unrest will not stop until these Democratic politicians step up and call out the violence and send in police to do their jobs. But in every single one of these jurisdictions, they have not done that. In Portland, the DA has repeatedly said he will not be prosecuting many of these individuals. Well, it's about time something gets done. And Donald Trump is now doing it. And my respect to the governor of Wisconsin for accepting this assistance. They like to call Donald Trump a fascist. They lied, claiming he was sending out federal police officers to all of these different jurisdictions. He never did. Maybe if he did, this would not have happened. But now they are finally starting to turn around. The pundit class and these Democrats are finally accepting the people have had enough. Unfortunately, I don't believe they're turning a new leaf because they realized that the violence was hurting innocent people. Don Lemon put it best when he said it's starting to show up in the polls. And only because of that, Are the Democrats now stepping up and saying we must end the violence if only they listened sooner? We've got a lot of information to go through. I want to show you the main story, Donald Trump's announcement and what's going on with this story out of rural Pennsylvania with these Black Lives Matter individuals who did get shot because the new report is they exchanged gunfire. The violence is getting worse. It must be stopped. So I'm glad Democrats are speaking up. Unfortunately, I don't think they're sincere. Let's get started. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com slash donate. If you'd like to support my work, there's many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box if you'd like to send things. But the best thing you can do, subscribe to my channel or share this video. I don't have a big marketing budget like these big tech like these big media companies, not tech companies, media companies. So if you want to help me out, sharing the video just spreads the message. And also don't forget to hit the like button, the notification bell. And let's get to the news. Donald Trump tweeted, we will not stand for looting, arson, violence, and lawlessness on American streets. My team just got off the phone with Governor Evers, who agreed to accept federal assistance. Portland should do the same. Today, I will be sending federal law enforcement and the National Guard to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to restore law and order. Thank you, President Trump. And thank you, Governor Evers. Many of these other governors just don't want to face the music and say we need help. Well, I'm grateful that Wisconsin has accepted this, and I'm glad that Trump is still offering it and taking this action. But it, it, it needs to be said. The police asked for assistance early on and the governor said, no, I've actually got two separate letters where they've, they've asked for the National Guard and he waited and things got bad. But listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to drag someone for doing the right thing, but I will highlight this could have been avoided. Now, I do want to mention that there are some responses to Donald Trump, and I want to make sure we can get we can be fair and clarify some of this. Mrs. Krasenstein responded to Trump saying he already called in the National Guard earlier this week. Stop trying to take credit for everything. It's disgusting how Trump is trying to politicize anti-violence as if Democrats are pro-violence. That's just stupid. This is what I can't stand and I'm sick of. This is a lie. It's misframing. It's false framing. I have a letter here. This is from the county of Kenosha from today requesting They say we are formally asking for 1500 National Guard members with police powers to be sent to Kenosha County immediately. Our county is in a state of emergency and we need additional law enforcement to help preserve and save Kenosha County. The previous day, a letter, August 25th, before these people lost their lives, they requested 2000 National Guard saying we are respectively requesting that you contact President Trump and solicit at least an additional 2000 National Guardsmen to supplement our Kenosha law enforcement agencies. He didn't. In fact, according to Mark Meadows, he says the Wisconsin governor rejected offers of federal help to quell Kenosha rioting. White House chief of staff says unrest out of control and it can't be allowed to continue. So when they respond to Trump saying he already did this, stop trying to take credit, that's how they lie. That's the game the media plays. Already the Washington Post is being criticized for failing to properly inform people what really happened. A young man was defending private property. It it appears as though he was attacked and fired in self-defense, hitting a man in the head. It's tragic. He then fled, tripped. A man tried to disarm him and took a bullet to the chest. Another man who was armed with what appears to be a Glock approached him tried grabbing the gun and took a rifle round to his right bicep. And it is it is it is horrifying footage, to say the least. But they did not have the appropriate number of National Guardsmen. And the governor rejected Trump's offer, the federal government's uh, offer of assistance early on. If he just said, yes, this would not have happened. But I'm grateful that he's accepting it now. And I hope tonight things calm down. But we have an update as well on the young man who is uh, who, who fired on these individuals from CBS Chicago. Kenosha shooting. 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse arrested in connection with shooting that left two dead, one wounded. CBS reports a 17-year-old boy is in police custody in north suburban Lake County, charged as a fugitive in connection with shooting with a shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin that left two people dead and another wounded. The boy was arrested Thursday in Antioch on a warrant from Kenosha, charged with being a fugitive from justice, and is being held in the Lake County Juvenile Detention Center near Vernon Hills. Police have not named the suspect, but according to Lake County court records, the suspect is 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse. According to the Associated Press, Antioch police commander Norman Johnson said the suspect was arrested on suspicion of first-degree intentional homicide. An extradition hearing has been scheduled for Friday. Now, in footage we see of this man running. He is attacked, and he does fire in self-defense. But the video from earlier on the initial shooting, which left one person dead. He was shot in the head. We don't know exactly what happened. But there is analysis popping up from various journalists, which suggests he wasn't the first person to fire. It would appear that many people were vandalizing and looting this car dealership. And we tried to stop them. They attacked him and he defended himself, resulting in one person dying. You actually, it, you hear him say, it sounds like he's saying in the audio that he's killed, that he, he says that he's killed somebody. He then fled and that's when he was chased, fell, and fired in self-defense. He's now being uh, held on suspicion of first-degree intentional homicide. He may actually be released after all of the, uh, the after, after the investigation is done. They say social. Uh, the incident was captured in a series of videos on social media, which show the gunman opening fire on a crowded street and then walking past police responding to the scene without being taken into custody. Some people living in Kenosha are leaving the city after escalating violence, riots, and looting. And police are still searching for the killer who opened fire Tuesday night on the streets in Kenosha. In the wake of the shooting, there is growing concern about what could happen again later today. There are several videos of the incident on social media, some of them very graphic. The man with the rifle can be heard saying, quote, I just killed somebody as he runs away from the scene. While others in the video tend to a person on the ground who appears to have been shot in the head. So I think that's the gist of, of, of they're just going to rehash what we already know. So, so let's move on. There's one very important thing I want to make sure we highlight. Antioch is within only a couple miles of the border of Wisconsin. What we're seeing here on the left is Antioch. You can see it's only about a half an hour drive to Kenosha, which is I mean, it's all it's all relatively close. Kenosha being just south of Racine and I believe uh, just south of Milwaukee as well. It's likely that he wasn't fleeing from justice, but that he just went home. Now, he should have immediately turned himself in. So perhaps that, that does qualify him as a fugitive from justice. I can only say I hope that the National Guard and the, and the law enforcement being deployed to assist can stabilize this and the violence once and for all. And I believe it is the duty of these governors in, in you know in Oregon and in and any other state where we're seeing this, they re, they accept Trump's offer for help. Be responsible. We're seeing a, t- a change in the narrative, however. CNN's Don Lemon warns of Democratic blind spot on riots. It's showing up in the polling. Perhaps that's why people are now finally starting to come around. Some saying like David Axelrod, for instance, the shooting by police of Jacob Blake was egregious and adds to a righteous sense of moral outrage about these recurrent horrors. But make no mistake, arson and riding play right into real Donald Trump's hands and the primal fear message we heard so frequently last night. Notice he's not saying the violence must be stopped. He's saying it's helping Donald Trump Notice Jamal Bowman saying we need Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to condemn the militias that killed these people, not the extremists. The governor has accepted law enforcement to end the violence, and yet they still blame Trump. Their number one concern is Donald Trump. The polls. That's what Don Lemon said. It's showing up in the polling. That's why they're finally reacting. So when I tell my friends, you've got me, I'm, 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 I'm voting Trump, and I'm probably just going to go Republican across the board. I'm done. I'm done playing games. I don't care. The riots were bad enough. They mocked Trump. They belittled him when he said, "I will send in federal help if you just ask for it." They said no. I remember when Lori Lightfoot said she didn't need lessons from Trump. And then a couple of weeks later, looting and rioting sweeps across Chicago. They raised the bridges. You know what that does? It forces the extremists into the neighborhoods many, many aldermen had been complaining about this. And that made me angry. And I said, well, you know what? We, we got to vote for Trump because he's the only one saying he'll deal with this. Now, what are we hearing from the pundit class? They're all, the only reason they're angry is because it's hurting their polling. Two people just died last night. It's 32 people, not enough for you. So I am done with all of them. I think it's about time Trump and the Republicans got a chance to get a hold of the situation. And if that means Trump invokes the Insurrection Act, so be it. But for now, he's refrained from doing so. And they scream fascist over and over again. But he's not the fascist. And he waited until the governor requested it. Some people are saying, well, what will Trump do to change it?" He's not doing now. It's not so much about what he'll change. It's about not letting Joe Biden get in the office and then do nothing. It's about potentially, if this gets worse, Trump being the person who will invoke the Insurrection Act. It's not just about what happened last night in in Kenosha. These riots have been escalating. From the Altoona mirror, we have a major update. Bedford one shot as group residents clash. After a shooting late Monday night in Shellsburg that injured a community activist, tensions between the group and Bedford County residents bubbled over again late Tuesday night as state police responded to gunfire at a motel where the activist group was staying. State police spokesman Trooper Joseph Dunsmore confirmed that troopers were investigating a second incident involving the group of about 30 people making a trek from Milwaukee to Washington, D.C. on foot. Quote, we are handling we are handling it as two separate incidents. Dunsmore said of the gunfire in the parking lot of the motel Tuesday night. Information about two pickup trucks and a motorcycle that could be involved was heard in scanner chatter Tuesday night. And Dunsmore confirmed those vehicles were thought to be involved. No one was injured in that incident, unlike the incident on Route 30 in Shellsburg and Juaniata Township, Bedford County. Late Monday night, where one person was taken to a hospital after getting shot in the face with birdshot. Questions remain after a late night confrontation between property owners. State Police and Bedford County District Attorney Leslie Childers Potts said Tuesday afternoon investigators were working to find out what happened. All we know is is there was an exchange of gunfire between two parties involved. Bedford State Police Captain Jamie Clark told reporters Tuesday afternoon. State police indicated that Bedford Station was contacted by property owners about 11, 18 p.m. Monday about a group of people in the parking lot of, of a private business. It was the group of activists from Milwaukee, which was walking to Washington, D.C. about 11, 35 p.m. Before state police arrived, the property owners confronted the group. State police said the situation escalated and gunshots were exchanged between the property owners and the group with one activist getting hit with birdshot. I want you I want to make sure this is clear. On Monday night, a group of Black Lives Matter activists who were traveling from Milwaukee to D.C. I'm not going to say they were walking because apparently they had cars. They they were exchanging gunfire with property owners. And this story specifically says after a shooting late Monday night, uh, uh, in Shellsburg that injured a community activist. Tensions between the group and Bedford County residents bubbled over again Tuesday night. State police responded to gunfire where the activist group was staying. It was not just Monday. It happened again Tuesday. This group of individuals that are traveling. I don't know what they're doing, but if on Monday night they were exchanging gunfire and Tuesday night more gunfire, it is the Black Lives Matter group. Why are they armed as they're traveling? Is that even legal? Some people have questioned whether or not they have the legal right to be carrying arms through across state lines in the way they're doing it. Perhaps there's some reciprocity, but I'm I don't think Illinois has that. I'm fairly certain Illinois does not unless they change their laws. So what does this mean? These individuals traveling from Milwaukee to D.C. are illegally transporting guns across state lines. Now, don't get me wrong. I am recently now all about the Second Amendment. The point is, it seems like it's these individuals that are bringing the trouble along with them two nights in a row. And what we saw in Kenosha, we can't stand for this, man. We need to get things stabilized. And all we are hearing from the Democrats for the past three months has been Antifa is a myth. The violence is is a myth. It's not really happening. They're peaceful protesters. Peaceful protesters, man. What did Kate Brown say on July 30th? Governor of Oregon said, I think we've had enough political grandstanding from D.C., The president's plan to dominate the streets of American cities has failed. And today, federal troops are preparing to leave downtown Portland. We will protect free speech and the right to protest peacefully. The massive and nonviolent protests led by Black Lives Matter activists have inspired the nation. Let's get to work and make this vision a reality. And what did she say yesterday? Let me be clear. It's time for the violence and vandalism to end. So Portland can focus on the important work to be done to achieve real change for racial justice those who have committed acts of violence will be held accountable. We must work together to de-escalate the potential for confrontation by continuing to foster community conversations and utilizing trained law enforcement officers to keep the peace, protect speech, not soldiers. Okay. A month ago, she was saying they're peaceful protests. A month later, she's saying, we got to stop the violence. You know what I'm hearing? The Republicans had principles. When this first started, they said, we must end the violence and protect the business owners. And the Democrats pretended like it wasn't happening. But then Don Lemon made an observation. It's showing up in the polling. All of a sudden now the tunes are a changing. While Oregon Governor Kate Brown might be saying we must end the violence, and I can respect that. The governor is now agreeing with Trump to send in federal ass- federal law enforcement. I can agree with that. We're seeing many of these pundits straight up say it's just because it's helping Trump. That's the only reason. The only reason it's helping Trump. That's what Don Lemon said. And this and Jamal Bauman saying, no, 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 no. Condemn the, the the armed individuals defending people's livelihood, their businesses. Defend, uh, 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 condemn them, defend the extremists. Jo- J- Jamal Bowman wants Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to defend the, the extremists who have been coming out for months, burning down buildings, just absolutely destroying everything. I think it's fascinating that the one thing that really lights up Don Lemon and many of these people is that uh oh Trump might win now. You're right. Shock. One point separates Biden. 46 percent. Trump, 45 percent. The race is a dead heat from the Washington Examiner. Former Vice President Joe Biden's lead over President Trump in the 2020 presidential race once as high as 15 points in some polls has been cut to just one point in the latest Rasmussen report survey shared with secrets. The pollster, one of those who most closely called the 2016 popular vote, said that Biden is edging Trump 46 to 45 well within the margin of error. That is a dramatic change from from its status re, uh, last status report on the race when Biden led Trump 48% to 44% over a week ago. The survey comes in the heels of the Democratic National Convention that gave Biden no traditional bump in the polls according to Reuters IPSO survey released today. It also comes on the same day that the latest Zogby poll put Trump's approval rating at its highest ever 52%. The Republican National Convention is in its third day, and Trump is expected to speak tomorrow. If the polls continue on their path, he should receive a post-convention bump. I was I was reluctant to support Trump. I said a couple years ago I'd never support Trump. I said earlier this year I wouldn't buy guns. The riots happened. I bought several. I said, you know, I'll probably vote for Trump. The Democrats then came out complaining that the rioting was hurting Trump's polls. And now I am. You know what? I'm voting for Trump. I'm voting all across the board. Get rid of these people. When the riots erupted, they had no principles. They defended no one. The business owners in Seattle are suing. Multiple people died from the Seattle's, from Seattle's Chaz. And only when they went to the mayor's house in Seattle did she do anything. They've been going to people's homes. They've been burning down buildings, destroying people's lives. And only now when they realize they're getting hurt in the polls, do they do anything about it. You know what I'll take? I'll take the, the, the guy who's been saying over and over again, we must end the lawlessness. And that's why the polls reflect this. And I think I think there's going to be a Trump landslide. Right now, crews are setting up an extra perimeter fencing around the White House from the Hill this morning. You know why? On September 17th, in just about two uh, two or three weeks, there is a group of activists planning what they call the White House siege, 50 days of unrest around the White House. I'm not having it. I, I have I have no patience for this anymore. They're going to do it. Many people are saying that from November 3rd election night into January or however long it takes, there is going to be mass unrest across this country. I'm not having it. I want to I want to get life back to normal. I think most people do. But I, I wonder how many of you actually saw these videos where these people are calling into C-SPAN. It's remarkable. There was a tweet from a conservative individual saying that he spoke with a lifelong liberal friend of his, Democrat. And upon hearing the speech from the RNC last night, I believe it was Melania, they decided to vote Republican. One of these lefty bubble journalists responded saying, did it happen in a hipster cafe? It's a joke. Hipster cafe is a reference. It's, 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 they're essentially arguing it's a made up point. No one actually said that, that somebody went to a cafe and overheard the hipster saying they'd vote for Trump. She was basically saying, yeah, right. That happened, which, it you know, I think it did. There's a C-SPAN caller. A woman calls in and she said that she heard Melania speak and she was inspired and would now be voting Republican. There's another call where a woman said that she lives in Minneapolis and the DNC did not give that give her hope, did not address the unrest, the chaos and everything that was happening. And when she watched the RNC, she had hope that people might actually come in and help. And it's 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 not just them. I can't imagine after all of this, after especially what happened in Kenosha, that people are committed to voting for the Democrats. When you have the governors finally relenting, when you have the pundit saying, uh oh, the polls are bad, when Donald Trump is now within one point of Joe Biden nationally and even CNN has Trump within one point in 15 battleground states. I see a landslide coming on. I see a Donald Trump landslide. I have had enough with the scandals, with impeachment, with every single story, every single time being anti Donald Trump. I can't. They called him a fascist because he deployed federal law enforcement in Portland. He was defending the courthouse. Now they're complaining. He didn't actually send in the National Guard. They already were doing it anyway. He's not doing anything. No matter what Trump does, they say it's bad. But we need stability back in this country. We need all of these Democrats, who allowed this to happen, to be held accountable. And I mean it. Look, Bill de Blasio using taxpayer dollars to paint Black Lives Matter. We are seeing these people get overt support from the Democratic Party. We are seeing them get overt support from major corporations. And all of these individuals need to be held accountable for supporting a a racist and extremist ideology. I'll tell you what else, man. I don't know if you've seen some of the responses from people, these, these high profile leftists after watching the RNC, after watching Melania Trump speak, Bette Midler mocking her for having an accent. Other people mocking the minority uh, speakers, the, 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 uh, the minorities, in, minority individuals who are speaking at the RNC. And I think what was most offensive to me was after we had Tim Scott and Nikki Haley speaking at the RNC, Tim Scott being a black man, Nikki Haley being an Indian woman, they started berating and insulting the Republicans for tokenizing individuals. And that got me thinking. They say that you must allow marginalized voices space. So when the Republican party actually gave space to Senator Tim Scott and, you know, Nikki Haley, they made fun of them, they mocked them, they insulted them. And that shows me they're an unserious group of individuals. They don't care about protecting us, they don't care about restoring our businesses. They just hate They just hate. That's it. So when they say, here's what we believe in, I don't trust them at all. When they say that, that, you know, the riots are peaceful marches, the New York Times literally referred to this as peaceful march. When the, when they, when they reject federal assistance. And then finally, when two people die, they come out and say, okay, we were wrong. I don't believe it. I don't believe they care. And I believe if they're given power and they stay in power, it will get worse. I think we need Republicans to come in. We need Section 230 reform. We need criminal justice reform. We need term limits, potentially term limits. I lean in favor of it. I'm done with the Democratic Party, man. I don't think there's anything they could do at this point to convince me that they've ever actually cared. I don't think the Republican Party necessarily either, but I'll tell you what, at least at this point, I'm willing to defer to them. And then hopefully— we get rid of the crony establishment, Republicans and Democrats. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all next time. Last night was the worst night we have seen yet. I don't want to call it a riot. It's something else. It's beyond this. Uh, Three people were shot. Two people are dead. I said it was the worst night the night before. I said it was worse the night before that. And I know that 30 people have already died now 32. The reason I say yesterday was worse is because we are seeing armed conflict erupting. The Daily Mail says gun battle on the streets of Kenosha, and they're not wrong. Bunch of people were armed. Guns were being aimed. People were getting shot. I understand that during the peak of these riots in June, people were going around smashing and burning buildings down and a lot of people died. But this was unrest. Now we are seeing armed factions planning coming out. It still is very much looting, but now you've got people saying enough. What we, what we, uh, what I can piece together for right right now is that one of these guys, who they say is a Boogaloo boy, these these are a, a group of young men who are guarding various uh, uh, businesses. They have rifles, saying that they didn't care if the protesters, rooter, uh, looters, rioters went after the government, just not the private businesses. Apparently, one of these guys was being chased or attacked. There's video footage of people smashing up a car dealership. And at some point, I guess he decided to intervene to stop them. I can only assume they attacked him, shots were fired, and a guy took a bullet to the head. This guy uh, with the rifle, it sounds like he then says that he killed someone. I'm not entirely sure, it's hard to make out, but people immediately rushed to the aid of this man who took a bullet in the head. The Boogaloo boy runs at, and then uh, someone may have thrown a Maltov cocktail at him he gets run down knocked over in the street a man with a skateboard made a fatal mistake literally he hits the hits the boogaloo boy with the skateboard the guy with the right uh, he, he tries to grab the rifle the guy's on the ground with the rifle just points it upwards at his chest bang the dude with the skateboard takes a few steps and he goes down another guy with a handgun tries to approach him I guess to disarm him. And he takes a rifle round through, I believe it's his right right bicep, which gets totally mutilated. The police eventually came in and and applied a tourniquet. Now, I'll tell you what, man, we'll read about this. We've got some political updates. We've got uh, riots happening in Portland. We got leftists advocating for and encouraging doxing. I hate to say it, man, but I don't see this stopping. I don't. Uh, we, We can answer some questions. Some people are asking, but hold on. Trump's the president. It's not Trump's fault. But I want to say a few things before we just go into the hard news. These dumb, these dumb kids, man, they they've never seen someone crying with a bullet in their head, dying on the ground. They don't know what it's like to see graphic traumatic injury. They are stupid children running around playing stupid games. It's fun. You watch these videos, man, and there's just these dumb, dopey people milling about with hammers, smashing things up. Dumb as a box of rocks. And then finally, someone says enough. I'm not having it. There's video from the other day of a man getting bashed over the back of the head and put and and, uh, I think he's okay. I don't know if it's the same guy I read about, but bashed over the back of the head trying to defend his business. You think these people were just going to sit back as you went into their neighborhoods and destroyed their lives? There's a video of a man standing in front of the burned down rubble of his family's business started by his parents 40 years ago, nearly in tears. He said, we didn't do anything to anybody. Why did we deserve this? You didn't. And these people are. They're insane. They're dumb. Some of these people are insane. Straight up. They're running around. They're the joker. They're chasing after a car. They wouldn't know what to do once they once they caught one. They just want to watch the world burn, right? Some of these people are just dumb kids who think it's all fun and games. I remember uh, not that long ago, I was driving on the highway and we came upon an accident just as it happened. And there was a man laying in the ground, young guy, and his legs looked like ground beef. These people do not understand the feeling you get when you see these things because they've never seen it. They've seen the movies. They've seen movies. I want you to look that guy in the eye in the in the eyes, with a bullet hole in his forehead as he struggles to move his body, but he can't. And he's crying as he dies. I'm sick and tired of all of this. And these pathetic Democrats running these jurisdictions who are refusing federal assistance, who are refusing the National Guard, and it keeps happening. They're hoping it'll go away. Even Don Lemon is saying it. Don Lemon. I don't like that guy. Professionally, I don't know him personally, but I think he's bad at what he does. Apparently, the other night he said this is a blind spot for Democrats. They can't keep ignoring this, but they're going to. They're going to because they don't care. They just want to win again. That's it. Somebody asked. Donald Trump's the president, though. It's his responsibility, isn't it? Why? Why? Why vote for him? I'll tell you something. When they went to the federal courthouse in Portland, the Department of Homeland Security said no. And they deployed tactical officers. They deployed the PAC. That's what it's called, PACT. And they said, You attack the courthouse, we shut you down. And they did. And what did the media say? What did the Democrats say? Trump's secret police, the Gestapo. Oh, he's coming on. You know what, man? I have had enough of this. If they just let Trump actually send in law enforcement. He offered it. They said no. The media lied. They said Donald Trump was deploying federal agents, federal law enforcement all over this country as secret police to snatch up protesters. They sued the DHS, claiming that two instances where an unmarked vehicle detained a guy for questioning. They sued the federal government over this, claiming it was Trump's secret police. Why? Because when they attacked the courthouse, Trump said no. The federal government doesn't just intervene with all of these riots. It's up to the mayors, the localities, the district attorneys, the governors, and they repeatedly refuse to do anything. One report suggesting Ted Wheeler of Portland ordered the cops to stand down. So I'll tell you what happens. You want this ineffectual, lazy uh, political leadership. You vote for Joe Biden. That's what the people are saying. It's Trump's fault. No, it isn't. Maybe if Trump actually did send in federal law enforcement at various cities, these two people would not be dead. And I wouldn't have to wake up watching a video of a guy whimpering with a hole in his head. Maybe if these Democratic politicians actually said enough and sent in cops, no, they can't. You know why? Because the movement right now is that cops are bad. All cops are bad. Defund the police. And while many of these Democrats don't want to accept it, they, they, they're they're desperate to make sure they don't upset the far left portion of their party. I am sick of it. There's a video of a man slumping over in the street. There's a video of a man getting his bicep mutilated, and it's not going to stop here. So I'll tell you what, come November, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember everything that happened, and I'm going to be voting for Donald Trump. And the, with with each passing day, I, with each passing day, I am more, uh, um, steadfast in my conviction that I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because I watched over the past several months, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Garcetti, de Blasio, Ted Wheeler, Kate, Kate Brown, the governor, uh, Inslee in Seattle. These people have done nothing to stop this. In fact, they've encouraged it. I'm not even trying to exaggerate. I don't play these games. They've gone out and marched with these people. They've sprayed their message in the streets. They've used taxpayer dollars to put that message on the ground all across this country. They used in New York City, 27 officers to guard painting. What about Chicago? They've known about this. Donald Trump said, call in the National Guard, do it. No. Donald Trump said, I've got federal law enforcement at your disposal. No. Lori Lightfoot goes, I don't need leadership lessons from Donald Trump. Do you think it's going to stop under these people who hate Trump so much, they would rather watch people be shot point blank in the chest and die in the street? They don't care. I am so sick of these people. It's not happening in Republican areas for the most part. I think it's funny. You know, I lived up Kenosha. It's not too far out of uh, out of uh, Milwaukee but I'm like, you know, Wisconsin's fairly red. Come on. Kenosha has got to be a place with a nope, Democrat mayor. No surprise there. I'm not saying the Republicans, uh, Republicans are perfect or any of these places are perfect. But when I look back to Donald Trump repeatedly saying, we got to shut this down. Yeah. If only we did back then when Donald Trump said it on the 3rd of July, we can't have this When Donald Trump said they're destroying statues, what's next? When Donald Trump said, we must end this now, send in the National Guard. And they said, no, no, no. You know what really bothers me? I wake up to this moron on Twitter saying the narrative now is that the people who are in in charge during the anarchy think that by that want you to vote for them to end the anarchy. How stupid, man. I've never wanted to hit someone more in my life. I mean, I'm nonviolent. I wouldn't hit somebody. But it makes me so angry because this this particular individual has been screeching about Trump's secret police, his Gestapo going around. And then he tweets today. Oh, but they're the ones starting the anarchy. I'm sick of it. The narrative. Trump is always wrong. Trump is always bad. Well, I'll tell you what. It wasn't. uh, 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 Trump wasn't the one saying stand down. Two people are dead. Do you think the other day we saw some activists get shot in front of a house? I don't want any of this. I want to go to the movies. I want to go hang out, hang out with my friends. I want to go to the movies. I used to I used to go out to eat. Now we've got this lockdown. The Democrats have lost their minds arresting business owners. I have never been more livid in my life, waking up and seeing this. I I, want to I want to I want to show you this. Don Lemon admits that, you know, I, let me let, let me let me read you some of the some of the, the news here from the Daily Mail about what happened before we go into the Don Lemon, the politics thing gun battle on the streets of Kenosha, two dead and one wounded as dramatic videos capture clashes between self-styled militias guarding gas stations and BLM protesters after looting protesters. Three people have been shot too fatally after protesters defied the Donna Dusk curfew. Footage shows a panicked attempt to rescue a man lying on the floor with a gunshot wound to his head. Two others were hit in the chest and arm after a crowd gave pursuit, uh, pursuit to a man carrying uh, after a crowd per, uh, gave pursuit to a man carrying a rifle. Get a copy of it, guys. Police fear the shooting is linked to self-styled militias. About 300 protesters defied Kenosha's Donadus curfew, gathering outside the courthouse and clashing with cops. Demonstrators, some of whom wore helmets and protective gear, were seen hurling bottles at cops. Self-styled military armored patrol vehicles were seen maneuvering around the county courthouse, firing tear gas, rubber bullets, and flashbang rounds at the crowd. About three hours after declaring the protest an unlawful assembly, authorities managed to push Tuesday's Tuesday night's crowd out of the downtown park, with demonstrators scattering down streets. The disturbance came hours after Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers declared a state of emergency and vowed to deploy additional National Guard troops. The family of Jacob Blake also publicly pleaded for calm earlier, during a press conference outside the court, Blake 29 was left paralyzed after being struck from behind at point blank range in a hail of bullets fired by cops on Sunday. Maybe there will not be a shot heard round the world that sparks us off into something worse than you could possibly imagine. Maybe, maybe it was last night. Maybe the, 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 the shots heard and the bullet in the guy's head. Maybe it was the shooting into the back of Jacob Blake. I have no idea. I hope that. I'm wrong, and everything simmers back down. You know, it's possible that things boil over, but then you know they simmer back down. It's also possible that the dominoes just keep falling, and nobody is willing to to stop. You know, you you want to know why I think it's not going to stop? Sean King. Sean King tweeted to to the Kenosha Police Department: If you do not name the officer who shot Jacob Blake on Sunday, we will simply begin naming officers from your department who it, who may or may not be him. F it. Your protection of his identity is unethical. What's his name? I'm pro-free speech, but this guy needs to get banned. He is. This is terrorism. What he is doing right now, Sean King is engaging in terrorism, releasing the names of officers while people are being gunned down in the street, bashed over the heads with bricks. What do you think Sean King is saying when he tweets out, no peace? You earned it. Now he's saying this. This guy's got a million followers. I don't care about this guy. You know what? I'm just telling you. I think it's going to get worse because they allow it. The Democrats allow it. All of these mayors, all of these governors, they allowed it. Take a look at this clip. Carlin Borisenko tweeted Trump's going to win Trump war room. A quote from a woman who says, I'm a Democrat from Minnesota where all these riots and looting and burning started. I mean, not a mention about it, about us last week. And the RNC just in the last two nights has awakened, has awakened me that there is hope, that there are p- people willing to fight for us. That's right. There are. I see it. Last night I had on Sean Parnell. He's running for uh, Congress in Pennsylvania. I think he's uh, in the Pittsburgh area. He put out a couple ads. One of his ads was uh, very funny, you know, ad just all around. He's walking through. It's the Dollar Sean Club and you may have seen it. But he put out another ad saying that we are, uh, you know, in in a fight for the soul of our nation between, you know, just crazy people, extreme. I don't don't, I'm not going to quote from the whole video because I haven't seen it in a minute. But I saw that and I was like, good on him. And he got he got he got attacked. He got hit pieces in local media for calling out all of this. The Pittsburgh Post Gazette said we deserve better, Sean. And I I look at this and I live in the in the Philly suburbs, but I'm on the Jersey side. So I'm not I'm not a PA resident. And it's West PA uh, anyway, but I look at that and I just laugh. It's part of the problem. These news outlets like the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, that when you actually get somebody, you know, Sean Parnell, he, he served in Afghanistan. This guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to conflict. And he warns about it. I'd take it seriously. But you get these local papers from these people who have no idea what's happening. And they just say, oh, it's too much. We deserve better. No, Sean was right. Sean was absolutely right. So we, we did the show last night and we were talking about a lot of the stuff. And sure enough, I wake up in the morning to see videos that I did not want to see. But I, I watch this stuff. I, I always have. I always will because this is real life. This is what's been happening around the world for a lot of people forever. For us, we've got to live in this. You know, we've been living in this bubble. It's been fantastic. But I always make sure to watch the videos. I always do. You need to understand what it's like. I've actually seen some of this stuff in real life. I've seen, man, I've seen some nasty stuff. So when these videos pop up, I won't shy away because this is what life really can be. We don't want it to be. We want to fight against it. This is where someone asked, isn't all the looting and rioting that's currently happening happening under Trump? He's not able to quell them now. Why do people think he'll be able to quell them in January 2021? It's not even about Trump quelling them. It's about, for one, voting out all of these governors and all of these mayors and these DAs, who are letting this happen. And it's about making sure Joe Biden and the Democratic Party that is unable to do anything about their localities. It's about stopping them from getting into the executive branch. And perhaps, you know, once Trump is reelected, he might invoke the Insurrection Act. He might go out and shut this down. Don Lemon admits it. Don Lemon admits the mostly peaceful protests and defund the police narratives are failing. Now, a lot of people are mocking Don Lemon for this. I respect it. He sounds like me. Now, I don't like Don Lemon at all. The Post Millennial writes, Don Lemon advises leftists to stop rioting. It could cost the Democrats the presidential election. The left wing commentator then unwittingly hands out red pills to defund the police activists, arguing that black communities actually desire more police presence. In a conversation with fellow CNN host Chris Cuomo, Lemon states that he believes the chaos in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. He said, I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away. Lemon continues admitting that the rampant riots are here to stay if left to fester, evidenced by 89 days of riots in Portland. Unless someone comes up with a solution in the next 73 days, Cuomo then interjects, saying 68. The problem is not going to be fixed by then, Lemon says, urging Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden to address the organized crime terrorizing major cities across the U.S. Published on August 15th, an NPR-PBS poll and Marist National Survey found 53% of Americans still perceive the demonstrations against racial injustice to be legitimate protests, but fewer do so compared to June 62. 38% of Americans now believe these gatherings are mostly people acting unlawfully. So people are making fun of Don Lemon. I respect what he said. He's right. Joe Biden needs to come out and address this. The Democrats need to stop hiding for this, but I'll tell you what, it's not changing my vote. I, I said earlier this year that I, earlier this year, I was supporting Democrats, Tulsi and Yang. I said, no guns in my house. Now I'm saying vote Trump, second amendment. And I got, I bought a bunch of guns. I know I say it, you know, every so often, but this is why I I, I can't sit around and just expect this to go away. I think it's only going to get worse under Democrats. Ex-Wisconsin governor claims Democrats have almost encouraged riots and violence in cities. Portland police declare riot after protesters break windows, enter city hall. It's not stopping. They've been lying. They've been lying. They've been lying nonstop all day, every day. Trump is wrong sometimes. Trump lies sometimes. But a lot of what what, what we're hearing from Republicans talking about the riots in these cities is true. I mean, I watch this stuff. I track this stuff. In my segment yesterday, I talked about Seth MacFarlane, uh, 14 million followers. But man, I tell you what, perfect example of a guy who doesn't pay attention. He's sitting there in his mansion with his thumb up his butt, and he's like, can you believe this, this propaganda? <laughs> now nah, two people died, Seth. Well, you sit there with your 14 million followers encouraging conservatives to vote for the people who won't shut it down, who won't stop the riots. Two more people died. Was 32 enough for you? Not for him to start paying attention. 32 people are dead. And these people still won't watch the news? Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, actually. It takes a certain level of ignorance, callousness and just disdain for regular people to be to be like these these these, you know, high profile celebrity leftists who just say orange man bad for the sake of their, you know, virtue signal, whatever, man, it'd be great if Seth MacFarlane actually looked up something on the Internet, maybe did a Google search once or twice. And then I want him to come out and say, are the Republicans wrong to challenge the riots? Let me tell you something. Sean Parnell, Republican running for office, called all this stuff out, and in his in his area, the, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette said there are extremists, but it's a small group of people. I saw that story, and I laughed. It's just a small group of people. He shouldn't he, he you you shouldn't be saying these things. Pittsburgh Post Gazette editorial board, I, I appreciate you taking a uh, expressing your opinion. It's free speech. I love it. Do you believe that 32 people who died, we should ignore it? Do you believe that when someone comes out and says this is bad and must be stopped, we should ignore it and just let more people die? Because in the time since you wrote that article, two more people are dead. And I had to watch that video. And so do so many others. You don't have to watch it, but I do. This is my job. I take it seriously. I need to know what happened. Have any of you watched the video? Maybe you should have come out with an article saying maybe, maybe he can tone it down a little bit, but he's right. We need to stop the violence in the writing because people are dying. I'm sick of it, man. I think it's going to get worse. Sean King is, is saying by Sunday, we're going to start publishing names. What makes they're going to come back and riot and riot, uh, riot again tonight. Why wouldn't they? Maybe the national guard will finally be deployed, but I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I've said over and over, They'll come to the suburbs, right? Suburbs are big. There's not nearly enough people to go to every single suburb. And that's true. So they might not come to your area, but they're coming to the suburbs. They've already done it. But you need to understand the same is true about the National Guard. You can't have the National Guard occupying every city block to protect them from extremists who would see you dead. They can only go to the specific areas and guard certain areas. And all it takes for these extremists, these 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 uh, insurrectionists, these these you know psychos on the far left, they can just go wherever they want. They mass mobilize. Hopefully, we can we can hopefully we can uh, stop this. Hopefully, they'll actually take action. Lock all these people up. Shut it all down. Each and every one of these people in these riots should be locked up. We saw, I think it was Tennessee. They said 45 day mandatory holding for rioters. And I think that's crazy. That's getting too, it's getting too crazy for me, man. I don't, I don't want to see people held for a month and a half because they were arrested at, you know, at, a, at a riot or something. I understand. A lot of people will say, yeah, well, rioters got to get locked up. No, I, I, I freedom over security. We already have laws to stop this. We already do. But I'll tell you what I'm worried about. It's not Donald Trump. Trump could have evoked the Insurrection Act a long time ago. He's not the fascist they claim he is. But I am worried that people will demand more police powers, expanded surveillance state, and we'll get it. And it'll be the fault of the far left. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. This may be obvious to most of you, but the left lied about what happened in Kenosha. Jacob Blake, the man who was shot several times in the back, was not just trying to break up a fight. In fact, according to Dispatch Audio, it's being reported by multiple outlets. He was trespassing. He had taken a woman's keys. There was a domestic scuffle and the police were informed he had a felony warrant for his arrest. We already saw very early on video footage of Blake fighting with police officers. He breaks away. Taser failed. They draw their weapons, follow him. He refuses their orders, reaches into the vehicle. There are a lot of rumors about him having a weapon or something something to that effect. But the cops got a call, felony warrant, trespassing, domestic uh, incident. What are the cops supposed to do? I remember the Me Too movement. I remember that when you had a guy who's wanted for a crime like he's wanted for, being found in the home of some woman, he's not supposed to be in her house, taking her keys The police are supposed to hold that person accountable, right? We saw all the activists say the police don't hold these people accountable. They get away with it. They show that face of that guy who got who got off. uh, You know, I I, I don't want I don't want to name the guy. There's a story. It was out of like California. Dude abused a woman and he got like a, a light penalty or whatever. They were so outraged. So what's the story we have here? This guy. Not not necessarily a good dude, but innocent until proven guilty In an open warrant we'll see you know maybe maybe it wasn't real does he deserve to be shot several times I don't think anybody does I, but unfortunately, you don't know you don't you don't know how you would respond these armchair activists were lying to us the whole time and now we've got breaking information about George Floyd too. the defense has put out information they believe in one of the video frames you can see him with something white in his mouth they believe it's fentanyl we have this story as well. Court filings. Medical examiner thought George Floyd had fatal level of fentanyl in his system. It was all a lie. I'm just sick of all of it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done believing the, the narrative that they put out. I don't know. I just defer. I'm, at this point, I defer to law and order. Just stop the rioting, stop the violence, stop the looting, and then we'll have a calm conversation. But if you want to come out and start making all these claims, nah. Let's read the story. And then, I, and then Lindsey Graham's made a statement. We got more to talk about. This is from Madison 365. Madison 365 is supposed to be, it is a nonprofit outlet that trains marginalized communities how to engage in journalism. And this is what they've written. Kenosha police opened fire less than five minutes after being called scanner audio. They say in cell phone video shared widely on social media, Blake can be seen being followed by two officers with weapons drawn. We know all this. Blake remains in serious condition. According to the audio obtained by Madison 365, Someone called police to report that Blake was at her home and wasn't supposed to be, and that he had taken her keys and was refusing to give them back. A dispatcher relayed this message to patrol officers at about 5.11 p.m. Sunday. About 30 seconds later, she let patrol officers know that there was, quote, an alert at this address for a 99 for the subject, apparently to indicate that a warrant had been issued for Blake's arrest. Court records indicate a warrant was issued on three charges, two misdemeanors, and one G class felony on July 7th. Court records indicate no previous criminal charges in the state of Wisconsin. At about a minute after the initial call, the dispatcher indicated that Blake was leaving the premises and that the woman who had initially called had hung up. Just five minutes after the initial call, an officer can be heard reporting shots fired, and the dispatcher acknowledged the report. Additional officers were then dispatched to the scene. With another officer asking responding officers to verify that the officers initially on the scene were okay. About 40 seconds after the report of shots fired, an officer on the scene requests rescue ASAP, presumably for Blake. About two minutes after the shots fired, call, another officer reported that all officers on the scene are okay. The State Department, uh, the State Department, the State Department of Justice? What, you, what? Oh, the State Department of Justice, right, right, for Wisconsin, is leading the investigation. Governor Tony Evers and Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes are delivering remarks via online video this afternoon. The remarks are available here, and we will have an update on those remarks after this afternoon. So we also have this coming out of uh, USA Today, JS Online, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Less than You see how they frame this? This is really fascinating. What happened? A video went viral. They said a man was trying to break up a fight between two women. It might be true. It might be true in the sense that he was in his own home, <laughs> and two women there were fighting or something. I don't know. They said a guy at this address. I don't know why he was supposed to be there. We don't know the full details. What we do know is the leftist narrative was a lie. He wasn't just some guy breaking up a fight and the cops shot him. I am sick of all the lies. Every single time someone comes out, lie. hands up, don't shoot, lie. George Floyd, lie. Body camera footage comes out. We saw what happened. Go watch the body camera footage if you don't believe me. The guy was resisting. He was kicking. He said, don't put me in the car. Hold me on the ground. He kicks his way out of the vehicle. He said, hold me on the ground three times. They put him on the ground. Now we're hearing the medical examiner saying he, w- he was overdosed. We knew that he had drugs in his system. I feel lied to. I feel absolutely lied to. I'm, I'm just sick of it. Make no mistake. I'm, I'm done playing games. The Democrats support the extremists. You see what happened yesterday because of all this news? Here's a tweet. Jamal Brown Uh, I'm sorry, Jamal Bowman says we need Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to condemn the armed militias that killed two people in Kenosha yesterday while working in tandem with the police. Absolute lie. These militias are domestic terrorists looking to incite a race war. Protecting private property is cover for their agenda. Absolute lie. I said, could you imagine if Biden came out in support of rioters and extremists? We need a a new word to describe what would happen because Trump landslide victory would be an understatement. There's no word for what would happen if Joe Biden comes out and says they're the bad guys. Yeah, Joe Biden is a coward and he has nothing to say. And even Don Lemon recognizes it. Everything we've been fed that's led up to months of writing fake news. Yeah, of course, we should have just waited for all the information to come out. Of course, it takes a long time. But the left didn't care. The politicians didn't care. Joe Biden didn't care. Joe Biden came out and said the officers must be held accountable. Oh, the officers who were responding to a to a, uh, a a potential domestic incident with an with a felon open warrant, with a with an open war a felony open warrant. So these cops are told, this guy's got a warrant for his arrest for a felony charge, two misdemeanors. He is in the home of a woman. These cops probably rushed there thinking they were about to save someone's life. What if what if they didn't come? What if a guy breaks into a woman's house and he's got a felony for assault, and the cops do nothing? And the cops are like, nah, you know, you're on your own. What then? These cops did not did, did, look. You can argue the cops shouldn't have shot the guy seven times in the back. It was excessive. I hear you. I do. But to act like to, to push this lie, the cops were rushing into a dangerous situation. And I believe they're trying to do the best they could. And the guy went in his car and he d- listen, man, you, let's read about George Floyd. Medical examiner thought Floyd had fatal level of fentanyl in his system. They say new exhibits filed in the case against the four former Minneapolis police officers accused of murdering Floyd suggest the Hennepin County medical examiner thought Floyd's fentanyl levels were at a potentially fatal level. But his and other medical examiners findings showed he died of a combination of factors. Six pieces of evidence were filed in the case on Tuesday, one day after the former officer Tao Thos, attorneys requested the release of the full autopsy report from the Hennepin County medical examiner. The armed forces medical examiner and the private medical examiners hired by George George Floyd's family. The armed forces medical examiner filed a memorandum agreeing with the Hennepin County medical examiner's final conclusion that Floyd's death was a homicide, saying his death was caused by the police subdual and restraint in uh, in the setting of severe hypertensive (laughs) atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease and methamphetamine and fentanyl intoxication. However, two other memos filed Tuesday from the Hennepin County Attorney's Office about conversations with Chief Hennepin County Medical Examiner Dr. Andrew Baker paint a different picture about the nature of Floyd's death. In one memorandum filed May 26 after a virtual meeting with Baker, the attorney's officer said Baker concluded the autopsy revealed no physical evidence suggesting that Mr. Floyd died of asphyxiation. Baker told the attorney uh, the attorney his investigation was incomplete pending a toxicology report. The other memorandum filed June 1st by the attorney's office, indicated Baker said Floyd's level of fentanyl was pretty high and a potentially fatal level. Dr. Andrew Baker said that if Mr. Floyd had been found dead in his home or anywhere else, and there were no other contributing factors, he would conclude that it was an overdose death. Among the new documents, Tuesday was a memorandum outlining the findings from the independent medical examiners hired by the Floyd family, who list Floyd's cause of death as traumatic asphyxia due to compression of his neck and back during restraint by police as was evidence on bystander videos of the incident. No, it wasn't. In the actual body camera footage, George Floyd says, I can't breathe several times before they're even before he's even on the ground. Why would someone not be able to breathe if they had? um, Maybe, maybe they had an overdose of fentanyl in their system. I don't know. Reasonable doubt. You bet. In video footage, they show Floyd frantic refusing officer's orders, saying, what did I do? Looking away. They suggest the reason Floyd would not comply was that he had drugs on him and that he swallowed the drugs, I guess, to try and conceal it, to hide it, get rid of it. And so they say, I think it was like a two milligram tablet of fentanyl he put in his mouth when the cops pulled up. I don't know. Maybe he didn't but we've seen the body camera footage. We know the whole narrative was a lie. We know the Jacob Blake narrative is now a lie. We know people are riding through the streets once again, based on lies and regular people are starting to take notice, man. I don't know if you guys saw this video from Trump war room. A lady calls in saying the Democrats didn't address any of this. And she's like, I live in, I live in the twin cities area. I live in Minneapolis and they're not addressing it. And and she's like, I put on the RNC and it's like inspirational and they're talking about it. She said it made her feel like there was hope. And what do we get? Oh, I love it, man. These journalists, one journalist tweeted the top 10 Facebook posts, and they're from Franklin Graham and Ben Shapiro and, and other you know conservative outlets. And this journalist said the conversation about the RNC on Twitter is dramatically different from what's being said on Facebook, that and Facebook has 10 times the audience. Oh, and then some. These journalists are in a bubble, and they're spreading lies and paranoia, and Twitter allows it. Sean King right now advocating for, for some kind of uh, t- some kind of terrorism, that we're going to start publishing names of innocent people until we get what we want. Because you know what happens when you publish people's names and in private information. They show up and they hurt you. Lindsey Graham made a statement. He says he, does, he wants to know why Jacob Blake didn't yield when he was asked to yield before cops shot him seven times in the back, leaving him paralyzed. I hear you, Lindsey. I'll tell you why. Because he had a felony warrant, because he didn't want to go to jail, He had a felony warrant. He wasn't supposed to be there. The cops were responding. So he fought with them and he was going to get charged with probably assault on an officer resisting arrest. And he was like, nah, now his family's raised $1.2 million. When you see, I I I I want you to realize something. I want you to take a look at this tweet from Jamal Bowman. He wants Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to condemn the armed militias, armed militias. It was one young, it was, it was some kid reportedly 17 years old, armed militias. Could you imagine if Joe Biden actually came out and condemned those that were trying to protect businesses? I watched a video of an old man get cracked over the back of the head. Now, I'll tell you what, the Democrats are on the side of the riots. Joe Biden and all these other Democrats won't condemn them because they're on their side. They're scared. If they come out against it, they'll lose their support. They can't do it. Don Lemon said maybe Joe Biden's afraid afraid. You know, I can respect Don Lemon for coming out and pointing these things out. But it was funny when Don Lemon said in the segment, he goes, they've got to address it. It's starting to show up in the polls in the focus groups. Yes, it is. And we all all online, people like me, other commentators have been screeching about this to no end. 90 days. Now, Kate Brown of, of, of Oregon comes out. Mark my words. You know, we must end the violence. She tweeted out, what, like a month ago? Peaceful protests must be protected. New York Times peaceful marches give way. Now a couple of people are dead and these videos are horrifying. I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who actually served and saw real carnage. And they look at that like, man, if people only knew how bad it could get. I'll tell you what, man, I watched these videos of what happened. There's some horrifying photos. One, this guy's got a skateboard and he hits this, 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 you know, this guy, this kid, 17 year old, whatever you want to call him. And then as he runs away, the dude rolls over and fires from the ground upward into his chest. There's a photo of the guy like wincing, holding his chest. Man, I think he got shot in the heart. The video of the dude, he's gargling and crying on the ground after getting shot in the head. Where were the Democrats? I'll tell you what. We got one right here who's saying they should condemn the people defending themselves. Now, we don't know exactly what happened, but there have been some journalists who have gone through the video, and it looks like this dude with the rifle was defending himself. No, like, well, obviously when he was on the ground being attacked, but I mean the initial attack, the initial guy who got shot in the head. It looks like there was riders smashing up windows, destroying this lot. And he came in, told him to stop. Someone shot at him. That's what it sounds like. And then he fired back. Then he ran saying he had just killed somebody. They chased him down, started beating him. And a guy had a Glock was coming for him. He shot a guy in the chest, He shot a guy in the arm, ripped his bicep clean off. And they're saying they want Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to condemn that guy. Should we all just stand back? I watched the video. I can't remember who posted it. I think it may have been Matt Walsh um, or James Woods. I don't know. I think maybe James Woods. So it was uh, New York under de Blasio. It's a bunch of people getting into an elevator. And then all of a sudden, two guys come up, hold the elevator open, and one guy pulls out a gun and points it at him. And they just start taking They take his watch. They take their phones. And I'm thinking to myself, the Democrats are on the side of the criminals. I mean, not like I'm not going to be so stupid as to say, like, Joe Biden walks up to the criminal and shakes his hand. I'm saying they don't want you to be safe, to be secure. They don't they don't want to do anything they have to do that will make that will offend, you know, these communities like, the, you know, uh, the, the, the left. I mean, they don't want to offend the left and the social justice uh, community. So they ignore it. And I'm thinking about what we've seen already in Minneapolis. Right. <clears throat> they defunded. The, they disbanded the police outright. And we've seen these uh, like in Seattle and we've seen these other places. They say, just give in if someone points a weapon, just give in, just give up. You expect me and every one of these people in our cities, in our towns, where our businesses are, where our homes are, where our families are, and where for a lot of people where their kids are. Someone shows up with a gun and a torch and they say, just get on your knees and say whatever you want, sir. Anything you want, just take whatever you want. That's what this says to me. Now, this kid came out and you can criticize him. Some people are saying he came from Illinois. He shouldn't have done that. They've doxed him. Fine. But is he the bad guy? Nope. I've seen some people saying they're glorifying the, the use of weapons. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just done. I'm done. This is what they want you to do. They want you to bow. They want you on your knees. Protesters target D.C. diners, triggering backlash after heckling women, all based on lies. It's time to shut it down. And the Democrats aren't going to do it. This woman sitting back in her chair as she's surrounded by people demanding she salute them. How insane is this? Check this out. Seattle rioters used concrete to seal police precinct doors shut in effort to burn officers alive. They've tried it before. They did it in Portland. They barricaded the, the, the entrance and exits of a police building and tried setting it on fire. And the mayor of Portland said it was attempted murder. Where were the Democrats then? You think now I'm going to start listening to what the Democrats have to say? Listen, respect to the Democrats who are finally coming out and saying bad violence. Thank you. Thank you. Now, now I appreciate you coming out and condemning all this. Why don't you go sit over there in the corner while the people who have actually been calling us out get to work and solving the problem and you can sit there and listen. They ignored it. They supported it. They went out. They called it peaceful protest. Just the other day, New York Times, peaceful marches give way do burning buildings and looting. That was just the other day. Now some people are dead and I can only imagine it's going to get worse. It's just, and they're going to show up to your house and they're going to make demands of you. And they're going to demand you raise your fist and demand you salute. And there's not going to be anyone there to stop it. I think it's funny when this guy says Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should condemn it. They can't, they can't condemn it. I'm sorry, condemn the, 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 uh, uh, the armed people defending the businesses. If Joe Biden and Kamala Harris came out and said the far left has gone too far, they lose half their vote because they have cultivated this. The media has cultivated this boxed the Democrats uh, into a corner where their party has been so radicalized that they would blame the people defending themselves over the extremists who have been riding for three months based on lies, just lies, lies, man, all lies. If Joe Biden actually came out, man, but it doesn't matter. The Democrats have supported it. Now that we're hearing once again, the narrative is just untrue. It doesn't justify the death of any of these people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm tired of being lied to. They wanted to turn something into a moment. They want to weaponize it. The far left does for sure. And Joe Biden is too scared. Don Lemon even said maybe he's too scared. Yeah, Joe Biden's a coward. He's hiding in his basement. Joe Biden was hiding in his basement as the city was being burnt to the ground, and he wants to lead this country. I love it. There was a tweet put out by a progressive uh, pundit who said that, you know, Trump's going to take this imagery. He's going to take this footage and use it to his advantage. But he said, this is all happening under Trump's watch. All it's going to do is remind people it's his fault. It's not going to work. And it's funny to see a bunch of his fans saying, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Trump's narrative, his message isn't This happened under my watch. His narrative is I have I have had these uh, officers standing by reading ready. Meadows claims Wisconsin governor rejected offers of federal help to quell Kenosha riding 12 hours ago. I'm sorry, that was the last update published 14 hours ago. Wow. This story came out before those people died. Donald Trump's message isn't under my watch. All this happened. Donald Trump's message is we have been begging them to take federal assistance, but we cannot because of the 10th Amendment, because of constitutional restrictions. The president can't just march into the states and send out law enforcement to arrest people on local issues. And they rejected federal assistance. So what do you think? You think people are going to watch all this and they're going to say this is all Trump's fault. They're going to say, Trump, please, Insurrection Act now, please, that man standing in front of his business, cr- nearly in tears. Everything was destroyed. And it's been happening across this country for three months. We got a hurricane coming. It's about to make landfall. It's a category four. It's going to wipe out the Gulf Coast in Louisiana and cause countless, you know, absurd damage. Now is not the time. Donald Trump needs to respond very, very quickly to what's happening with this category four, no doubt. And I think Donald Trump needs to respond to this chaos that's happening across this country. But I understand. Absolutely. The governor's got to call it in. And you know what? They they want to claim Trump's a fascist and all these really awful things. And Trump isn't the one who is, you know, Trump is not mandating, you know, these cops coming out or anything like that. I think it's hilarious that Governor Kate Brown today came out with a tweet condemning the violence while she previously called it a peaceful protest. What a duplicitous individual. I'll avoid the more harsher uh, insults in this one. But you think I'm going to vote for these people? No way, man. Mm -mm. No way. Sorry. They had their chance. I've been sitting here saying, hey, riots are bad. And they've been like, what riots? Hey, make it stop. It's Trump's fault. Wait, wait, what? Trump's secret police are bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. We now know it's all lies. I mean, we knew it was lies. It's not surprising to anybody, but there you go. There's the story. This one came out fast, huh? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 PM over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out. It is a different channel and I will see you all then. I am sorry, but get woke, go broke doesn't cut it in this story. This may be several orders of magnitude worse than getting woke and getting broke. This is like NBA players get woke and then collapse, fall into the ground and start crying in the fetal position. Because not only do we have the get woke, go broke of NBA playoffs ratings on ESPN down 40%. (laughs) We're now hearing that players NBA players are traumatized by the news and want to boycott games. Oh, the NBA is done, man. Let's let's just let's just read this. We got from Outkick. They say, the first round of the NBA playoffs on ESPN is down 40% over the last year. Let me put that in the context. That's not good. <laughs> That's context. It's not good. Get your Get Woke, Go Broke t-shirt here and they link to it. The first round is uh, down uh, 40%. This is what happens when you embrace far left wing politics instead of just playing basketball, he continued. This is what happens when you kneel for the national anthem, when you post social social justice warrior slogans on the back of jerseys. And what happens when you put Black Lives Matter on the court? Clay summed it up. People out there who just want to watch basketball say, hey, they got woke. Let them go broke. I'm leaving. And they sell T-shirts. But I bring you now to I, I don't believe this is a real story, but it's Yahoo certified Sources, players association in active talks about players uh, with players about logistics of potentially boycotting games. Uh, You got you got you got to hear this one, man. I just want to build up suspense a little bit. The NBA Players Association Executive Committee is in active discussions with players who are seeking guidance on the logistics of potentially boycotting games. League sources told Yahoo Sports an assembly organized by players who are emotionally traumatized by the latest police-involved shooting of an African-American that was captured on video, was held Tuesday night at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, sources said. And there were multiple conversations about what actions could be taken throughout the day. I kid you not. You got me clapping. Clapping like the people on Twitter. Organiz- organized by players who are emotionally traumatized. What? What? <laughs> wow, man. You know what I woke up to this morning? A video of a guy with a bullet in his head, struggling to move, crying as he lay dying. I can still do my job. You're traumatized by this man. Wow. Wow. Hard times. Good, good. You know, hard times, strong men, you know, that whole thing, right? I've been around the world. I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff. I once did a hostile environment training where they had us in an SUV and then a bunch of dudes with guns kidnapped the women. And then they had the women behind a shed screaming, horrifying things. They were trying to simulate what happens, you know, when you don't live in America. But these people are traumatized by seeing a video. To me, that is that's got to be fake news. Like, there's no way they must be lying, right? Like they're just trying to get they're trying to use Black Lives Matter for a negotiating tactic or something. It's me. Oklahoma City Thunder star, Chris Paul the union president and Miami Heat forward Andre Iguodala, first vice president of the union, were in attendance to show support. Players began reaching out to the committee in recent days, sharing that they're not in the right frame of mind to play basketball, sources said. You know what? Sources said there's a sizable faction of players who are psychologically distraught by the video of Jacob Blake. I'm I'm, nice. This is real. You know what, man? Your ratings are in the gutter. I say we just end the NBA. How about that? We just shut it down. It's not essential, right? Hey, there we go. Look, there's a story about a guy who played in the Bulls. And at some point while he was still on the Bulls, he went to a Wendy's and he went to the manager and said, yo, I'm this guy playing the Bulls. And the guy was all like, wow, really? And he goes, yeah, can you teach me everything you know about running a Wendy's? And the manager was like, yeah. And now the dude owns a bunch of Wendy's. It was a smart business move. Very, very clever. These guys, they play basketball, takes a lot of talent, to be the best of the best. I got respect for all the training and time and energy. But let's be real, man. You're really pushing it when you're saying that you watched a video on the Internet. Now you can't do your job. All right. So they talk about they say uh, uh, his family attorney said three of his children were there. There have since been protests and unrest in Kenosha, which has led to two fatalities. The union's approach is to educate players on the pros and cons of boycotting games and reassuring them that they would be supported regardless of whatever they decide to do. Sources said, please, please boycott the games. Please do it. Oh, man, I support you. Boycott all the games. Every single one of these 60% that are still watching the NBA, I have to imagine a large portion are not woke. And they're going to be like, why is the dude not playing? Why is the game not happening? And then they'll walk away from your dumb, woke game. There is ongoing dialogue on what more could be done inside the bubble to raise awareness of racial injustice in an effort to enact change and thwart police brutality toward people of color sources that I kid you not, their whole mission is we need to go more woke. We already lost 40% of our viewership, but please, how can we lose more? And they're trying really hard to destroy the NBA. The hearts of players are heavy, with some feeling intense guilt for playing, and that they're providing entertainment that is drowning out the injustices that are plaguing this country. Players can request to speak with a counselor in the in the bubble. They literally call it a bubble. By this is fake news, isn't it? It's, it's yahoo.com, it's newsguard. I can't believe this is real. I'm being I'm being pranked, aren't I? No. Certified Newsguard source? Did somebody hack Yahoo or something? I don't believe this is real. I don't believe it's real. For the record, if it turns out this is a hoax, I said I didn't believe it. You heard me because they can find a counselor in the bubble by setting up an appointment in the league's campus app. But because of confidentiality is not known if that resource is being utilized. We shouldn't have to even come to this damn place, to be honest. Milwaukee Bucks guard George Hill said Monday, I think coming here just took all the focal points off of what the issues are. Dude, you play basketball. You're not a politician. Athletes aren't immune to being racially profiled. Sources said it's a tactic to avoid being pulled over. A few players have purchased te- <laughs> This is not real. A few this is not real. This is not there's no way this is real. To avoid being pulled over, a few players have purchased Teslas believing that police wouldn't suspect a black man to be operating that vehicle. This is a prank. This is not a real article. I what it's 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 newsguard certified. There's no way they just said that that they bought Teslas to avoid getting pulled over, <laughs> is this real? I don't know what's going on, man. Multiple players have stated publicly that kneeling during the anthem and everyone on campus wearing Black Lives Matter T-shirts in the bubble isn't sending a strong enough message. This is a, this is a, this is a satire? Is this satire? I'm not even kidding. Is this satire? Sources: Players Association and active talks about players about logistics of potentially boycotting games. Yahoo Sports. This has got to be fake, man. The pain on campus is real. Before arriving in Orlando, players had had intended to meet weekly to strategize on the best ways to make a difference away from home. But the practices, film studies, and the games every other day muffled those plans, sources said. This is what players such as Kyle Irving and Dwight Howard and others had feared. Would it be nice in a perfect world? we uh, We all say we're not playing. And the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, that's going to trickle down, said Fred Van Vliet on Tuesday. If he steps up to the plate and he puts pressure on the district attorney's office and state's attorney and governors and politicians to make real change and get some justice, I know it's not that simple. But at the end of the day, if we're going to sit here and talk about making change, then at some point we're going to have to put our nuts on the line and actually put something up to lose rather than just money or visibility. I'm just over the media aspect of it. It's sensationalized. We talk about it every day. That's all we see. But it just feels like a big pacifier to me. This is a joke somewhere. It's going to say it's a joke, right? They don't. They, this is real. This is a real article there. I, I don't even I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm sorry, guys. I can't. I, I, I was reading this earlier and I went through it and I didn't realize it was this ridiculous. What? 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 I, I don't even, I'm. I'm dumbfounded. What stands out to me? Just watching the Republican convention, Rivers said as he removed his face mask to read vote. They're spewing this fear, right? All you hear Donald Trump and all of them talking about his fear we're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. We're the ones that uh, 32 people are dead, dude. 32 people from the riots. What are you talking about? Well, was it 13? 13, 13 unarmed black men were shot and killed last last year by the cops. 32 people have died so far in the riots. You are more likely to be killed in the riots than you are to be a black man unarmed getting shot by the police. I'm not saying that to disparage anybody. I, I think it's wrong. I, I, don't, I don't like it when people die. But I'm. I'm that's, that's the problem it's so often reminded of my color. It's just really sad. We've got to do better, but we've got to demand better. It's so funny. We protest and they send riot guards, right? No, they killed people yesterday. Well, well, they tried to kill a guy and then he defended himself. They destroyed people's lives. They burned buildings down. And yeah, 30, 32 people are now dead. So what do you, what do you think's going on, dude? He then goes, goes on to bring up Brandon Taylor. This is, this is getting crazy, man. I'll tell you what the mind virus, this, this cult it's spreading and it's here now. On whatever this story is, some basketball players buy Teslas so they don't get pulled over. What? Dude, that says right there it's about class, doesn't it? But they don't get it. I want you to go to a poor neighborhood. Tell me what you find driving around, you know, in in a car. Buy any car. They don't get it. This is insane, man. This is just the most insane thing I've ever read. If it turns out to be a hoax, I called it, right? I I said I didn't believe it. I'm going to leave it it there. But hey, get woke, go broke, right? At least the one thing I can say for sure is their ratings are down. I guess here we are. I'll see y'all in the next segment. Thanks for hanging out. The Trump bump is already here following the Republican National Convention, and dude hasn't even actually given his speech yet. But Joe Biden did not see a bump following the convention. Trump has already seen it. Now, I I want to talk to you about the polls because Trump is now beating Joe Biden in Wisconsin, according to one poll. But I want to talk to you about the media has no idea what's going on. That's what I want to talk to you about and why it is that Donald Trump is doing better and better. And I've got a chart that explains it very easily. You see, right now, all these journalists are screeching about the Hatch Act, that you're not supposed to, you, you know, use taxpayer funds for political blah, blah, blah. That's what they're all screaming about. They're burning down cities right now, man. Is the media not paying attention to what they're saying? No. They say it's propaganda from the Republicans. They're just sowing fear. (laughs) Okay, why don't you go into one of these cities? Tell me what's going on. But check it out Trump's bump is here. This is good news, they say. As the RNC gets ready to kick off night three of their 2020 convention, President Trump is already seeing a bump in his poll numbers. According to a survey from Zogby, Trump is sitting at 52% approval. Paul Bedard has the info. Buoyed by blacks and independent voters, as well as urban dwellers shocked by the Black Lives Matter protest violence raging in some cities, President Trump's approval rating has hit a new high, according to a survey heavy with minority voters. The latest Zogby Analytics poll just shared with Secrets had Trump's approval at 52%. The president has recorded his best job approval rating on record, said pollster Jonathan Zogby. What's more, his approval rating among minorities was solid. And in the case of African-Americans, shockingly high. Zogby said 36% of blacks approve of the president as do 37% of Hispanics and 35% of Asians. In battleground states, he is closing the gap with rival Biden. Check this out. In this poll from CNBC story, it's a CNBC change research poll. Trump closes the gap. Arizona, Biden up two. Florida, Biden up three. Michigan, Biden up six. North Carolina, Biden up one. Pennsylvania, Biden is up three. Wisconsin, Biden is up five. That's from like 10 or 15 points. But get this, Trafalgar Group, Has Donald Trump leading Joe Biden by one point? Keep in mind Trump's secret voters. They can't poll properly. They've admitted it. They couldn't do it last time. They're not doing it now. If it's showing this good for Trump. Wow. Landslides coming. Has ever been a 50 state landslide? I don't think there has been because we haven't we haven't we haven't always had 50 states. And then I think we've had two 49 state landslides. There there may have been, because I think, yeah, yeah, no, I think it was two forty-nine states. Could you imagine what it'll be like if Trump wins every single state? I think it's possible. Now that may be bold. It's probably a lot closer, and it's going to be Trump getting like three ten electoral votes or something like that. So keep that in mind. Make sure you all go out and vote. But this is good news. Paul Bedard says, "Shock! One point separates Biden forty-six percent and Trump forty-five percent. Race is a dead heat." Rasmussen poll has a four-point divide recently. And some have shown a 15 point Biden lead until now. Further, the biggest issues facing the country are turning in Trump's favor. Nate Silver says, fundamentally, the fundamentals are improving for Trump. The economy is getting better, although that could be threatened by congressional inaction. COVID cases are going down, although that could reserve itself, reverse itself at, uh, at pretty much any time. Biden's numbers didn't budge after the DNC convention last week. But Donald Trump, he's doing better and better. And you know what? I talk about Trump's secret voters. Yeah, the media has no idea what's going on. I bring you now to Kevin Roos on Twitter. Kevin Roos is a tech columnist for the New York Times. And he says, amazing how little resemblance the discussion of the RNC on Twitter has to the one happening on Facebook, which has 10 times as many users. And this is what we're seeing in a, in a, in a, t- a tweet from Facebook's top 10 today, August 25th. The top performing Facebook link posts by U.S. pages are from one Franklin Graham, two Franklin Graham, three, four and five. All Ben Shapiro, six NBC News, seven is Hannity, eight is Bill O'Reilly and nine and ten are Fox News. And what are they talking about on Twitter? The Hatch Act, the Beltway bubble journalists don't know what's happening all around them. The cities are being burned to the ground. Extremists are raising buildings before our very eyes. And they're going, well, actually, the Hatch Act would require. No, you're wrong about the Hatch Act. That's what they're. Look at this. What is it? What is this? Uh, Trump isn't building a case against Biden. He's running a convention to troll the press. Well, this is this is the gist of what they've been uh, uh, getting at. But I bring this story up just to kind of drive into this point. They say The president and his team openly flouted ethics laws on Tuesday night. They don't care. In fact, they love the anger it produces. You know what this is? Why do the journalists have no idea what's going on in this country and are spinning around in circles like morons? They think it's because Trump is trolling them because he did something like he naturalized a citizen. It's the the dumbest thing. (laughs) It's the dumbest thing, man. They say an impromptu naturalization ceremony put on as part of the Tuesday night festivities was, as a political matter, an attempt to show a softer side of a president with one of the most anti-immigrant immigration records in recent memory. It also appeared to be finely tuned bit of trolling. The act itself was likely a violation of federal law that prohibits government employees from using taxpayer resources for political purposes. And it gave Trump and his legions of devoted fans a reason to tweet American flag emojis and make fun of political reporters who noted the flagrant misuse of taxpayer resources. In fact, Trump's aides and advisors revel in their increasingly frequent violations of the Hatch Act. Senior Trump administration officials widely view the law as a joke and have often traded quips over how consequence free their infractions have been and how much Democrats harp on the violations, 2 ex officials said. Some Trump lieutenants have primarily bragged about their alleged violations as proud rite of passage. Tim Murdoch says liberals are more upset about the use of government buildings than they ever were about the use of the FBI to target political opponents. Tuesday night's uh, naturalization ceremony, ceremony, which featured acting Department of Homeland Security Chief Chad Wolf, acting in an apparently official capacity, was the most egregious flouting of the law during the festivities. But it was just one of a handful of convention events that blurred the line between the Trump administration and his political machine. You know what Trump knows? He knows that you can take something extremely esoteric, dangle it in front of these journalists, and they'll all start spitting in circles and hooting and hollering while cities are burning down. Then you'll end up with these regular people. And they're asking the question, why is the Daily Beast writing about this and not everything else? The Daily Beast is writing about what's going on in Kenosha, for sure. But you're going to see CNN and you know MSNBC, and they're going to be like, oh, the hatch Act. Trump dangles the bait in front of them. They go for it every single time. Remember when uh, uh, Rachel Maddow got Trump's tax returns. I was talking talking to Brandon Strock about this last week. He said that was like the big moment for him because he had done all this research and he said, "Okay, okay, Rachel Maddow says she has his tax returns. If it turns out to be something, I'll forget everything I researched and what it was." It. She just dragged it on for 45 minutes and then finally revealed nothing. Trump paid his taxes. That was it. All they cared about was getting that orange man bad. Regular people are suffering in this country. They're mad that Democrats are shutting down the economy in their states. I know I am. I know other people are. And then I'm looking with jealousy at these red states. And so you know what? I don't want to be in this state anymore. I'm getting out. But, you know, I think the Democrats need to be voted out. So maybe that is the right right thing to do, to step up and vote and say no to these people. But what's happening in the media is these journalists are clueless as to what's really going on. We get this. Check this out from Joe Biden. Once again, a black man, Jacob Blake, was shot by the police in front of his children. It makes me sick. Is this the country we want to be? Needless violence won't heal us. We need to end the violence and peacefully come together to demand justice. Joe Biden. Yeah, I tell you what, between a rock and a hard place. This is why his polls are going to go down, because half of Democrats want the riots. The other half don't want them. Here's what's going to happen. Sean Parnell, I was talking to him the other day. He gave a speech at the RNC where he said, Democrats, don't be afraid. You know, come on in. We're, we, we, we got a big tent. We're welcoming for everybody. And I hear I, I hear that. It's been the story since the since the beginning. Republicans holding up a beer saying, come on over, man, have a beer. I know we won't agree on everything, but hey, at least we can enjoy a, a nice cold one together. huh?" And I'm like, that does sound pretty. I don't actually drink. I think I had a beer yesterday because I cracked a million subscribers, but I, I don't like drinking. But I understand the idea of sitting down with a slice of pizza, putting your feet up, Getting into a disagreement, but at the end of the day, enjoying that slice and that and that and that cold brew or whatever. It's it's nice, it feels good. You might not get along, but we're adults, right? But Democrats don't have that anymore. And that's why Joe Biden is defending Jacob Blake, a man who was who's wanted on felony charges of assault. And worse than assault, but you know, YouTube's gonna punish me if I tell you the full details. And the cops were responding to a potential domestic. And this guy resisted, fought them. And then they tried stopping him. reaches into vehicle. I'm sad it happened. I don't want anybody to get shot. The dude's paralyzed. But it wasn't some it wasn't some, you know, angry cops just attacking innocent people. It was them responding to a domestic disturbance with a guy who's got a felony warrant. Joe Biden has no choice but to defend him because the left is broken, completely broken. I have a prediction. I don't know if it'll come true, but I'm kind of hopeful. The Republicans will absorb so much of the rational, moderate left that the Democratic Party will become a minority party. How cool would this be? Next, next election cycle, the Democrats are, are just dismantled completely. And you have the Republican Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Green Party, and that's it. Wouldn't that be amazing? If the Democrats just completely fell apart? The Republican Party's the big tent, they'd probably win. But how cool would it be if it was just the Libertarians and the Republicans? Because, I mean, you got Joe Jorgensen right now. She's all in for Black Lives Matter. I mean, she's going to bring in a lot of these like lefty progressives. Not enough of them, though. The Republican Party. So I I think you might see you might see three party, the Green Party, the, the Libertarian. But the Democrats are broken and there's a civil war going on. There's not enough people who agree on whatever it is that party is to keep it alive. Maybe that means liberals will join the Republicans and you'll have basically a group of Americans and then you'll have everybody else. We'll see how it plays out. I think Trump's going to win. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly as riots sweep across this country and people get hurt and lives are destroyed. and The Democrats only just now start to realize, hey, people don't like it. We're going to we're going we're to hyper focus on California because I don't like California. I think they've gone insane. One, one thing I often reference is how the California Democrats have voted to repeal their civil rights law. And that's particularly offensive to me. But now we have this story. California is a failed state. How do we know? They're moving to Arizona in droves. But it's not just this article I want to focus on. I want I want to show you Miss Blair White. Take it from her and her opinion on how she's leaving L.A. and going to Texas and the response that she's gotten from conservatives versus liberals, and it's hilarious. The reason I want, to, I, want I want to highlight this is you got a lot of people moving to Texas, and. They think that, you know, these liberals, these progressives who move to Texas because they're fleeing the, the, the insanity will end up voting, you know, for Democrats. That doesn't sound like Blair at all. But you know what I really love? In, in my previous segment, I mentioned maybe the future is going to be a Republican Party that's a big tent for everybody. And there will be arguments, but it's going to be mostly people who are Americans who disagree on certain things and try and find the best way to live together versus the other people who want to burn it all down. In, in, in thinking and, uh, in, in, you know, in that uh, in that frame of thinking, I think it's particularly fascinating that conservatives cheer for Blair White, a trans woman, supporting Blair and liberals are the ones who physically attack Blair. I think it's amazing that you can have this bigger tent now that's welcoming of a diversity of opinion and individuals as opposed to the ideologically homogenous left. But we'll we'll read through some of what Blair points out. But first, what's going on with California? Why is it a failed state? AZ Central says, driving across Arizona, it's harder to notice a surge in California license plates. The reason for this is becoming more apparent every day. California is a failed state. After nearly a decade of one party rule, the once golden state is tarnished, possibly beyond repair. Listing all the problems facing our neighbors across the Colorado River would require several books, so I'll only highlight a few the fifth largest economy in the world, and home to many of the greatest technology companies on earth can't keep the lights on. The state's three largest utilities turned off power to more than 410,000 homes and businesses last Friday, then again to half as many on Saturday. California's energy policies have failed. Governor Gavin Newsom sprung to action on Monday by announcing more blackouts. We failed to predict and plan these, these shortages, he said, and that's simply unacceptable. But except that he did, noting that the state's near religious promotion of solar and wind power left a gap in the reliability of its power grid. You don't say. And what do we, what did we hear the other day from uh, from Sean Parnell? He's in PA. The Green New Deal, they want to end fossil fuel energy. I'm all about that green energy, that renewable energy, but I'm not an idiot. I understand you don't just say, hey, turn the lights off and then build a solar. No, no, no. You don't turn the lights off, then build a solar panel. You start building renewable energy to increase your energy capacity. And then you have the fossil fuels functioning still, and you increase capacity. Why we have more people. But over time, and it will take time, you can improve these these, these circumstances. Of course, the left doesn't want this. Greta Thunberg herself said, we don't want to wait until even 2021. Shut it all down now. That would result in lots of people dead. But they don't seem to get it. They don't care. Of course, California failed in this capacity, and now they have no power. Wildly unpredictable events like August being hot (laughs) never occurred to Newsom last October when he signed six more bills to kill off the state's fossil fuel industry. Shutting down one of California's two nuclear plants certainly didn't help. Perhaps their plan to close second one in 2024 will have different results. They couldn't have predicted the weather would get warm in California. The lamps are going out all over California. Who knows if we will see them lit again in our lifetime, but energy is the latest of San Francisco's concerns. So have those to stop the homelessness. Documentary filmmaker Christopher Rufo's latest work reveals the tragic failure of the city's homeless policies in Chaos by the Bay. He shows the results of well-meaning progressive efforts from decriminalizing homelessness to plying addicts with free drug paraphernalia, alcohol and cannabis. For the most part, rampant mental illness has been left untreated. City leaders have commandeered area hotels to provide free shelter since COVID-19 hit, but the numbers continue to rise between 2017 and 2019 the number of homeless jumped 17 percent. According to experts, that number has risen by an additional 20 percent since the start of the pandemic. I have never seen the level of frustration as high as it is now. City Supervisor Raphael Mandelman said, I hear daily from people who say they are selling. They are leaving. Me too. I had a friend hit me up saying, I'm out. I'm done here. There's no work. And this city is fallen to garbage. It's harsh pandemic response didn't help. The numbers are staggering, according to online real estate company Zillow. The city by the bay is emptying out. A flood of new listings began during the pandemic, a 96% increase compared to last year's housing inventory. Wow. California is a failed state, man. Silicon Valley pushed staff to work from home, an effort many tech giants are thinking of making permanent. But that doesn't explain the exodus uh, since San Jose hasn't seen the same effect. Neither have Miami, Boston or Washington, D.C., at least not at this level. The fact is San Francisco has become unaffordable and unlivable. They say, move here, leave those policies at home. A lone surfer was arrested and a skate park was filled with sand. But crowded Walmarts are deemed essential. Despite the lockdowns, California now has the most COVID cases of any state. At some point, the lovely weather and geography aren't worth the cost. I receive a couple of messages a week from my contacts all over California asking where they should move in Arizona. My neighbors are experiencing the same. I can't blame Californias, but I hope they leave their failed policies at home. Unfortunately, they won't. They won't. It'll only get worse. California will turn red again at some point because the farmers aren't going anywhere, at least I'm assuming. But what does Blair White say? Blair White said, since I announced my move from L.A. to Texas, my inbox is full of liberals telling me I'm not welcome here because I'm trans and conservatives will beat me up. Conservatives excitedly welcoming me and encouraging me to move faster. You know why? Because Blair is, my understanding, conservative, Trump supporter, in which case she will bring the Trump vote with her. And that's what they do want. Liberals just want to scare people like Blair away because they don't want the Trump vote coming. Sydney Watson says people really think Texans will beat you up. Unreal. And Blair said, yeah, all the people there were so nice to me this week were t- uh, uh, that were so nice to me this week. We're totally all on the verge of assaulting me. Jason Voorhees, Texas Ranger, says, welcome to Texas, where most of uh, most of us just want the government to leave us alone and live a good life. Someone said progressives are obsessed with what other people think. Blair responded, that's actually true. Lots of people are warning a a warning of me, silent warning me of silent hatred in Texas as if I would give an F about what's going on in the minds of strangers. Nathan Sauer says, hey, Blair, we talk on Instagram and League of Legends. Sometimes I'm from Texas and you are welcome. We're excited to have you. It's hot as hell, but there's a lot to do. And Blair said, I'm excited to be there. See you around. This is why I'm done with 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 the left and the Democratic Party, man, because every single time I take a look at what's going on, I can sit down with a Republican and they say, hey, man, you do your thing. We're all about freedom here. Now, the Republican Party wasn't that way a long time ago, at least the, not not the way I thought maybe that was all propaganda. It could be. But now I'll tell you what I see. I see my favorite example, Dave Rubin, gay, married man sitting next to uh, Ben Shapiro, Orthodox Jew, and them saying, well, we really disagree on that, huh? and being friends. And there's some, there's some hard divide there, man. Some hard divide. I'm not entirely sure because uh, it's been a while since I saw this, but I think you know, Ben Shapiro said he wouldn't go to like Dave's wedding or something. And the left made fun of them for it. I'm like, why? They're getting along, dude. It's because the left wants homogeneous ideology dominating our cities. It's like I was mentioning before. The Republicans had Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, and a couple other people speak at the RNC people, uh, 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 marginalized peoples. I'll put it that way. And the left said they were tokenizing. That is horribly offensive to say. And I look at this and I'm like, first of all, I don't care what the race of the speakers are. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to see them speak. And I appreciate that they have opinion. They're expressing their opinions without fear. It's America. It's awesome. Yet I wonder, shouldn't the left be praising the Republican Party? for propping up marginalized voices the way they the way they say we should? No, because they're lying. It's not about that. No, the only reason they tell Blair White that it's dangerous conservatives hate you is because they want people to be scared of Republicans. Because all Republicans are evil, they say. Republicans know the Democrats on the left are just wrong. So here's what I want to see. I've known this for a long time. It doesn't mean I want to vote for Donald Trump. Now I'm I totally do because the, the riots have gone too insane. But I've sat down with Trump supporters. I've sat down with conservatives, Republicans, and I've been able to have conversations about Black Lives Matter like, you know, years ago and riots and protests and Occupy Wall Street and have them go, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. I remember sitting down with Trump supporters. I'm like, actually, here's what happened with Occupy Wall Street. and They go, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Early on at Occupy, you had libertarians down there, Ron Paul supporters, and they got chased away by the Marxists and the far left. Go, wow, really? Yeah, because the young leftists had nothing to do. They had no jobs. So they were there all day, every day, bored. And the libertarians worked. (laughs) They had jobs. And the older conservatives worked, too. And when they left, all that was left was the far left. Wow. I didn't know that. That's right. See, when I sit down with people who didn't know something and we exchange ideas, we end up going like, that's really interesting. I never thought about it that way. The other day I was talking to Sean Parnell. I, I've, I think I've referenced Sean in every single video I've done today, but it's because we had a great conversation last night. And he, he, he said some things about pulling the troops out of Afghanistan, saying there'll be a humanitarian crisis. There's a way to do it. We can get our troops out, but we got to be strategic about it. And I was like, wow, it's a really good point I hadn't really considered. The people who helped America will, I mean, they're, 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 they, might be ki- they might be killed. They might be killed. And it's only because I'm willing to sit down with someone that I probably disagree with on a lot of things that I had uh, uh, that perspective share with me I didn't realize before. That's the importance of it. That's the importance of getting out and, and hanging out with people, talking to people. So I'll tell you what the main, the main point of the segment, I'll wrap it up. California is falling apart. And these people are fleeing and going to Arizona. But I'll tell you what, it's likely the more conservative people fleeing. The first people to go are the ones who are like, I don't want to be here. The far left is probably cheering. So hopefully these, these more like moderate liberal types who are leaving don't bring that psychotic policy with them to Arizona. We'll see how it plays out. But I'll tell you this, Blair White is not one of those people. I'm sure the conservatives are excited that Blair's going to come and bring her influence and support for Trump. And that's going to help them maintain the state, you know, maintain it red. But I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all next time.